amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual, domestic, and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. This week's story is a listener suggestion from a whole bunch of you, but the first is friend of the show, John. John regularly DMs me for a chat with documentary links and story ideas. Sterling is one of these suggestions. He gave me a link to the BBC documentary featuring the mother of Sterling that I'll talk about in this story, but I'll also link the documentary in the show notes and in the Facebook group for those of you who would like to watch it for yourself. It is definitely something. Prepare to be angry and frustrated. August 30th, 2017, Alta Vista, Iowa. Four-month-old Sterling died due to neglect from his parents, Zachary Cohen and Cheyenne Harris. He had been left in a mechanical swing in the same diaper, with no food or water from anywhere from 9 to 14 days. He had diaper rash so bad it had eaten through his skin, causing E. coli from the feces to enter his bloodstream. Flies then laid eggs in his diaper, causing maggots to crawl around in it for days before he died, a death that no one should experience, especially not essentially a newborn baby. This is Sterling's story. Ever tried to break a bad habit and feel like you're climbing Mount Everest in flip-flops? Yeah, I've been there too. But there is a breath of fresh air. Foom. It's not about giving up, it's about switching up. Foom takes your habits and simply makes it better, healthier and a whole lot more enjoyable. Foom is an innovative, award-winning, flavoured air device that does just that. Instead of vapour, Foom uses flavoured air. Instead of electronics, Foom is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Foom uses delicious flavours. It really makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your foom comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for distressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. And that's something that has really made foom appealing to me. I am a nervous fidgeter, especially when I'm researching or thinking about how to put my thoughts into words, and playing with my foom really helps me centre my focus. I'm also a massive fan of the mint flavour. It's really light and refreshing. I actually ordered the citrus bundle this morning, so I'll keep you updated on what those flavours are like as well. 
start the year off right with the good habit by going to trifoom.com slash stolen and get the journey pack today. Foom is giving listeners to Stolen Lives 10% off when they use my code STOLEN to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Sterling Daniel Cohen was born May 1st, 2017 to parents 20-year-old Cheyenne Harris and 28-year-old Zachary Cohen in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. And I really don't want to call them parents because, honestly, they do not deserve that title. To understand how we get to the point where baby Sterling would be found dead at four months old, we need to go back to the start. Zachary Cohen was adopted by a Mennonite couple who raised him as such. He came from a good family and would later be described as a decent kid growing up. He was kind and he was mellow. However, life became complicated when he was 14 years old. Cohen left school and was introduced to drugs and alcohol. Cohen would be excommunicated at age 17 when he became addicted to methamphetamines, which he would later claim he started using to stay awake when working long hours as a truck driver. He worked for a company hauling chickens between Wisconsin and Charles City, Iowa. He would later state that meth kept him awake better than no dose. When Cohen was still a teenager, he met and quickly married a woman named Sherry. They had a son, Caden, together, a child they lost custody of because of their drug use, and Caden was placed into the care of Cohen's parents, where he remains to this day. It seems that Cohen never really had anything to do with his son. Cohen and Sherry's marriage was short-lived, and they were divorced not long after they lost custody of their child. You mentioned that your grandson was who is your grandson's father? Zach. What's your grandson's name? Caden. Can you spell that, please? K-A-D-E-N. How long has Caden lived with you? He's lived with us almost his whole life. Why has Caden lived with you uh, for most of his life? <clears throat> because after he was born, uh, Zach and his wife were having stresses in their marriage. Uh, his wife had, had quite a few emotional stresses, mental, and it caused a lot of stress in the marriage. And he was holding the full, full-time job by then, and, and they both felt it was best to give Caden the security needed. So they asked my wife and I to take legal guardianship of him. Late 2014, 25-year-old Cohen met 17-year-old Harris and the two began dating. Within months of meeting, Harris would become pregnant. And on November 15, 2015, Nala Cohen would be born, the couple's first child. By all reports, Harris took to motherhood well, and Nala was well taken care of. This would be brought up numerous times in the later criminal trial – that being young and naive was not the reason for Sterling's neglect, because Nala was very much cared for and nurtured and loved. Less than a year after Nala's birth, Harris would become pregnant again. But things weren't the same. During the time after Nala's birth and Harris becoming pregnant with Sterling, she became addicted to meth. Cohen had introduced her to the drug and encouraged her to join him on his binges a drug that Harris continued to use throughout her pregnancy with Sterling, around a gram every day. It would also be around this time that Cohen would be arrested for second-degree theft. Cohen agreed to pay the $1,600 fine to have the charges dropped. 
so he wouldn't get a felony and risk losing his job. However, then he didn't pay like promised and he was found contempt of court. May 1st, 2017. Cohen and Harris attended a party at a friend's house. At this party, Harris would go into labour, even though her due date was still several weeks away. He was born in a bathtub. Where at? At my friend Rick's house. How is it that Sterling came to be born in the bathtub? Cheyenne thought she had constipation, and she sat and hollered for me to come to the bathroom, and she's like, he's coming. And so I immediately freaked out and closed the door and then stood outside the door for a little bit, and then I ran back in, and I helped her get in the bathtub to do a water birth. Has you had any training in giving birth at all? No. Now, you had two older children. Were you present when they were born? Yes. How did you know what to do? I had previously watched a water birth at one time in my life. At any time did you call 911? I did, after he was delivered and in her arms. When were you expecting Sterling? Two weeks later. Was he a little bit early? Yes. Thankfully, common sense kicked in and someone called for an ambulance to take Harris to the hospital to have this baby. At the hospital, Sterling's umbilical cord was tested and the blood inside was positive for meth. This meant Harris was using the drug while pregnant. For reasons I will never understand, especially since Cohen had already lost custody of one child because of drug use. But Child Protective Services, or CPS, as were referred to them in this story, but they decided not to get involved. Now, of course, after a baby is born, family and friends come in near and far to visit to see the new addition. But some would make comments about how Sterling looked so much like Harris and nothing like Cohen, which was unlike Nala and Caden, who were basically mini Cohens. But this would create doubts in Cohen's mind whether or not he was Sterling's father. My other two children were darker complected like me, so I would get asked by other people, you know, because Sterling is, he was pretty fair complected and he had bright blue eyes, and they would just bring it up and ask, you know, be curious. What was your answer to this? I would tell them, honestly, I don't know, but even if he wasn't mine, I was going to still treat him as my own no matter what. And this is something else mentioned during the criminal trial, that Cohen's disinterest in Sterling contributed to his latent neglect, which I find ridiculous. Again, if you see pictures of Sterling and compare them to Cohen, the baby looks exactly like him. And if you're in doubt, get a fucking DNA test. Anyway, I already know how angry I'm going to get in this story, so I apologise for my potty mouth ahead of time. But for the record, there would be DNA tests completed after Sterling's death, and it was proven beyond reasonable doubt that Cohen was Sterling's father. Not that what happened to Sterling would be explainable, even if Cohen wasn't the baby's father. Did you ever change any of Sterling's diapers? I did not. Why not? I don't do well with diarrhea. I start to vomit, and I vomit, diarrhea, things like that. I physically can't. My stomach can't take it. I have a very, very weak stomach. Had you ever changed any of Nala's diapers? One wet one, but nothing with feces in it. Was Cheyenne aware of this? Well, let me ask you this. Did you and Cheyenne ever discuss the fact that you had trouble changing diapers? Yes. When did you discuss it? When she was pregnant with Nala. Cohen would openly admit to never changing baby Sterling's diaper because he had a weak stomach. 
that this was Harris's responsibility and the two agreed to this. He said he never fed or interacted with his son because of his long work hours. And something is apparent that I will never understand. Cowan admitted to not even holding Sterling for the last few weeks of his short life. During the last couple of weeks of Sterling's life, or during the month of August, did you ever hold Sterling? No. Why not? Usually he was sleeping, and other times I was not to disturb him, as he was a colicky baby, and they're just super hard to get to sleep. When you say you were not to disturb him, what do you mean by that? Like pick him up out of his swing. I could go in and look at him, but he was usually covered in blankets. You could see his little head peeking out. Now, on the weekends, you were home some of the time, correct? You didn't work seven days a week. Yeah. Did you ever interact with Sterling? I'm talking during the month of August. Did you interact with Sterling at all on the weekends? Yeah, in the earlier parts. The last couple weeks of his life, did you interact with him on the weekends? No, because of the, when he was sleeping. There was one day that I went in and he was reaching up like this, and I put my fingers in his hands and he grabbed them. Why didn't you go in and play with Sterling over the weekend? I was usually asleep because of the, usually the double loads and the hours that I worked, and plus the substance abuse. I was usually pretty tired. Shortly after Sterling's birth, the young family of four and the family dog Leo moved to apartment seven on Walnut Street, Alta Vista. And to call Alta Vista a town would be a massive exaggeration. It literally measures half a mile long. It has a population of around 250 people. There is no traffic lights, there's nothing. But the family lived in a small apartment complex of four apartments with a shared laundry, a small two-bedroom apartment. Harris, Cohen and Nala in one room and Sterling in the other. The apartment was nothing much, but it was a fresh start for Cohen and Harris. And it was more support for Harris with the children because it was right near her mother. Late June 2017, Harris met Jennifer Shriver, who worked at a gas station close to their apartment. Jennifer saw Harris there with a little girl walking around the complex, and she introduced herself and welcomed her to the community. Jennifer would later testify at the criminal trial. She was actually surprised when she found out Harris had a son a month later, because she never saw Sterling out with them. And she would say when she saw Harris and Nala walking around outside, it would be for hours. Meaning Sterling was inside the apartment alone, without any type of baby monitor or anything to know if he was okay or not. Despite barely knowing her, Cohen would ask Jennifer if she would babysit Nala and Sterling, which she would do twice. The first time, they would leave the children with her for around 16 hours. Jennifer would later testify at this time, Sterling was on the small side, but he looked healthy and well taken care of. When Harris and Cohen returned, Jennifer did comment on Sterling's size, and Harris simply said he was premature and sometimes Sterling struggled taking the bottle. But he was tracking okay and he was gaining weight. Jennifer would also testify at this stage, it seemed Harris really loved her children. The house was organised and there was food and diapers and everything the babies could need. That she mentioned Sterling's diaper rash and Harris showed her the ointment she had and the sensitive wipes and everything. Jennifer said at this point it was hard to find fault with Harris's parenting. But by the second time she babysat Nala and Sterling, things seemed to have deteriorated. Jennifer again babysat for around 16 hours. When she changed Sterling's diaper, the rash was really bad, chapped to the point where the skin was broken. 
she did what she could to help the baby with the ointment she was given and a fresh diaper. Jennifer would also testify she never experienced Sterling struggling to feed either. If anything, she would give him extra formula than what Harris said he would normally drink, and he would guzzle it all down without any issue. Also testifying for the prosecution was Cohen's co-worker, Jordan Clark. Interesting side note, but Jordan actually started dating Harris after Sterling died and her and Cohen broke up. He admitted to both buying and selling meth to the couple, one to two times a week, 20 to $40 at a time. He testified he had been to the apartment a handful of times to smoke with Cohen and Harris, and he'd be there for four or five hours. They would smoke in the main bedroom away from two-year-old Nala. But where Jordan's testimony becomes important, like with the babysitter at first, Jordan would state he had no idea that the couple had a baby. That Cohen and Harris would always talk about their daughter and he would see her at the apartment, but Sterling was not mentioned nor seen once. Did you ever go to the apartment in Alta Vista where Cheyenne Harris lived with Mr. Cohen? Yes. When did you go there first? Probably around July, August, uh, July, I'd say. Of 2017? Yes. How many times total did you go to that apartment in Alta Vista where the defendant lived with her living boyfriend, Mr. Cohn? Two, maybe three times. When you went to that apartment, was it a two-bedroom apartment? I believe so, yes. Did you ever go into the uh, the bedroom that Cheyenne and Zach Cohn shared? Yes. Why'd you go in there? Uh, basically just to do drugs away from the little girl. Did you ever go in the other room, the other bedroom, I should say, in, the, in that apartment? No. When you went in that bedroom to use drugs away from the little girl, what drugs were you using? Meth. How were you ingesting it? Smoke. Who else in that apartment was using meth with you? Uh, everyone. Who was who that? It would be Zachary and Cheyenne. So Miss Harris, the defendant, used meth? Yes. How did she ingest it? The smoke as well. Who brought the meth? Uh, usually it was there, otherwise um, I did once. And you said you were at that apartment two or three times? Yes. Did you use meth with Miss Harris, the defendant, at that apartment the three times you were there? Uh, no. How many times did you use meth with her at the apartment? Once for sure, possibly twice. I can't remember exactly. Was that the only drug that you observed Miss Harris using at the apartment? Yes. And is the only location in that apartment where you smoked the methamphetamine in the bedroom shared by the defendant and Mr. Cohn? Yes. Where was Nala when you were using the meth? Uh, usually she was running her, or playing out in the living room. Or... Just a few feet away? Yes. According to Cohen's statements, he went to work at 5pm and returned home around 3.30am the next day. When he got home, he fed Nala because she was hungry, but he didn't see Sterling. Cohen would also state he did not see Sterling before he went to work because Harris told him the baby was asleep. It was the same story when he got home. Cohen didn't hear Sterling crying or anything like that, so he didn't go in to check on him. According to the testimony of Jennifer Shriver, she went outside to smoke just before 1pm August 30th, 2017. 
that she saw Cohen outside their apartment doing the same. He was pacing back and forth. It was obvious something was wrong. When Jennifer asked Cohen what was wrong, she could never imagine what the response would be. Cohen told her the baby was dead and he didn't know what to do. Jennifer told him to do what should have been the most logical thing to do. Well, the logical thing for anyone to do but Cohen, it seems. But she told him to put out the cigarette and call 911. Okay, what's your address, Zach? 107 South Hilltop Avenue, Alpha Victor. Okay, what's going on? Uh, around 9, my girlfriend went to uh, feed our son, and then uh, about 11, or 11 30, she had to check on him, and he was gone. Gone meaning? He died. Okay. Okay. So you live at 2193. Pretty sure it's a lot of time to check. I just keep going out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, um, I'll get an update to Donald, okay? I'll send him an email to everybody up there, okay? Okay, thanks. All right, thanks. Cohen calmly told the dispatcher his son was dead, and he believed it was caused by sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS as it's more commonly known as, that Harris had checked on Sterling at 9am and again at 11.30am. And this was when she found him dead. Quote, I was woken about 11 or something. She came into the foot of the bed and I was sleeping and she dropped to her knees and she was crying hysterically. And she kept saying, he's gone, he's gone. Unquote. When the paramedics arrived at the apartment, Harris asked Jennifer if she could watch the family dog while they went to hospital with Sterling. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. The county medical examiner, Tony Frederick, carried out the autopsy for Sterling. And watching her testimony at trial, it is one of the most heartbreaking testimonies I've ever sat through. 
It's clear that despite her long 30-year career as a medical examiner, Sterling had a lasting impact on her. The medical examiner testified upon entering the room it was dark and musty. The room smelt strongly of urine and faeces. Despite it being warm, the windows were shut and blankets covering them. She testified she saw the swing in the corner of the room, facing the back wall. Sterling was covered with a blanket, most likely to mask the smell and soak up the urine and faeces coming out of the diaper. There were also air fresheners placed under the swing. Sterling's little fists were clenched and his eyes were open, fixated and unresponsive. Rigor mortis had already set in, meaning he'd been dead for more than a couple of hours but believed to be less than a day. The autopsy determined Sterling died of dehydration, malnutrition and infection. His eyes and fontanelle were sunken in, indicating severe dehydration. This sweet little baby literally starved to death. Sterling's weight at birth was 6 pounds 6 ounces, and at death he was 6 pounds 9.5 ounces, meaning he only gained about 3-4 to four ounces in his short four months of life. At four months old, Sterling should have weighed more like around 11 pounds. The baby sat in a diaper filled with feces until it started to decay. It is believed Sterling's diaper hadn't been changed for a week, if not longer. This caused diaper rash to become so severe that it caused development of open wounds on his skin. Wounds that extended to his legs in the middle of his back, resembling a severe burn. This allowed E. coli bacteria from the feces to enter his bloodstream. This poor, sweet baby had crawling maggots on his skin, in his feces, on his clothing and in the swing. Would you please introduce yourself to the jury? Yes, my name is Dennis Klein, K-L-E-I-N. Dr. Klein, what is your occupation? I'm the state medical examiner and I'm a forensic pathologist. And where are you employed? with the Iowa Office of the State Medical Examiner. Do you have an opinion in this case as to the cause of death of Sterling Cohen? Yes. What is that? Denial of critical care. Do you have an opinion as to the manner of death of Sterling Cohen? Yes. What is that? Homicide. So um, there there was clothing, there was a diaper, um, and within the diaper there was uh, uh, feces that um, had the appearance of beginning to decompose, uh, so it had almost a sludge or sewage uh, type of appearance and consistency. It had been there a while? Yes. On section three, you wrote maggot infestation of clothing and swing seat. Yes. Tell us about your findings on that. So maggots are uh, one of the uh, life stages of flies Um, and uh, so flies will lay eggs uh, in uh, decomposing tissue Um, and then those flies will develop into they look like little crawling worms and they're called maggots and then they'll go through other various stages so we saw these crawling maggots present um, on the clothing and then uh, Sterling was in a, a swing seat. We also saw it in the covering on the swing seat. Did you also see it on his skin? Uh, yes. And the uh, birth weight of Sterling was uh, approximately 3.02 kilograms. 
And when we did the autopsy, Sterling's weight was about 3.15 kilograms. So it was only about 150 grams over almost the four-month lifespan. That's about right around five and a half ounces of uh, weight gain over that four months, which would be um, almost negligible growth. Um, so we only really have two points. We have the birth height and weight, and we have the death birth and weight. So I don't know where Sterling would have been on that growth curve, and if maybe he had increased and then decreased, we just don't know. And that's because Sterling hadn't been to any baby well checks that could give you some different numbers. That's correct. And in your opinion, that was malnutrition? Yes. In section five, uh, you put cerebral edema. What does that mean? So cerebral refers to brain, and edema refers to swelling. So this is brain swelling. And that, is that related to the dehydration? Yes. Does that mean he had a slow death? He died, yes. It was not an instantaneous death. It, it probably occurred over... Um, uh, you know, it probably occurred over days as you include all the malnutrition and the other uh, dehydration that occurred. It tells me that um, Sterling had been having some sort of chemical uh, derangement uh, for some period of time before death that, in order to cause this. You stated earlier that you, you found no diseases in Sterling, so what would you attribute it to? Um, this I would attribute to uh, malnutrition and the uh, dehydration over time. And again, that's over a period of time? Yes. So fair to say there's three individual causes of death, dehydration, malnutrition, uh, and the infection from diaper rash. Is that correct? Correct. Perhaps the most disturbing part of this whole story was that Sterling was alive during all of this happening to him. A specialist would later testify during the trial. Had Sterling been dead, it would have been a blowfly infestation. However, this was a scuttlefly infestation. The maggots were laying eggs in his diaper before transitioning into flies, and Sterling would have been feeling all of this. Up to 14 days before he died, Sterling was placed in the swing and faced towards the wall. The light was turned off. He was not held, touched or loved. He was starving, thirsty and in terrible pain. Because of the infection, he would have felt very sick. He would have felt the flies laying eggs and moving around in his diaper. The medical examiner testified at trial that Harrison Cohen would have noticed the smell after the diaper hadn't been changed in a day, yet they chose to ignore it, covering it up with air fresheners and blankets. Sterling would have been crying from pain and hunger frequently at first, until he was no longer able to due to the dehydration and infection. When investigators attended the crime scene, they found clean diapers in his room along with cream for the diaper rash. A baby bottle was found on the floor in front of the swing. There was only one other bottle in the house. In the bedroom, the contents had started to separate in the bottle, indicating it had been there on the floor for a while. An almost full can of baby formula was found in the cabinet over the kitchen sink. This is also utterly heartbreaking. This was a death that definitely didn't need to happen. Because what happened to Sterling wasn't an accident. He didn't just stop breathing in his sleep in a SIDS scenario. 
It was obvious Sterling was a healthy baby that was neglected until his little body gave up. But because his death was completely due to the actions or inactions of Cohen and Harris, Nala was removed from their care and placed into foster care on August 30th. Cell phones of the couple were removed, and Cohen moved into a motel and Harris with her parents, while the home became a crime scene. During the period between Sterling's death in August and up until October 24th when the couple were arrested, Cohen posted a lot on Facebook, with many of these posts public and still available now thanks to the Wayback Machine. Sterling barely gets a mention. Memes and random status updates, like going out to dinner, are much more important than grieving for his son. Both Cohen and Harris do post about missing Nala. September 21st, Cohen spoke about having visitation with his daughter, posting photos of him and Nala together, going on to say Harris would get to see her in a couple of days after that, that they were both looking forward to seeing her more in the future. Harris comments on this post, quote, They took her the night we lost Sterling. We never got the chance to say goodbye. Last she saw of me, I was bawling my eyes out. Unquote. October 1st, 2017. Cohen posted a meme to his page with a photo of pit bulls with the caption, quote, To some, I'll always be the bad guy. Unquote. A friend of the couple comments, quote, You are a bad guy. Who does that to a beautiful baby? And to think you had another one the whole time. Do you get what trauma you put your baby daughter through? And all the while your dead baby son in a swing, you sick, twisted fuck. Unquote. Heartbreakingly, while Nala did not show signs of neglect, she was well fed and clothed and meeting all of her milestones. But tests of her hair follicles showed that Nala had traces of meth in her system. Not large amounts, but enough that she would have been present when maybe her parents used or prepared the drug. Or maybe there was residue from cleaning dishes. Cross-contamination type of thing. Regardless, while Nala wasn't neglected, she was in an environment that wasn't happy for a two-year-old to be in. October 25th, 2017. Zachary Cohen and Cheyenne Harris were arrested and charged with first-degree murder and felony child endangerment causing death. The criminal complaint stated that, quote, The facts of this case go far beyond neglect and show circumstances manifesting an extreme indifference to human life. Unquote. Harris and Cohen were tried separately. Zachary Cohen was first October 29, 2018 after the trial was delayed due to a change in venue to Mount Pleasant, and the defence was concerned about racial prejudice being the reason for the venue change. During his trial, Cohen blamed Harris, that he worked 70 to 80 hours a week driving trucks and he trust Harris to care for their children, that he trusted the wrong person to care for their children. Harris went to trial January 29, 2019, and like with Cohen's, her trial was also delayed due to a change in venue to Plymouth County. Pre-trial publicity and finding an unbiased jury being the reason for the venue change here. During her trial, and I watched most of both trials in my research for this episode, but throughout her trial, Harris remained completely emotionless, only crying when her mother testified and photos of Sterling were shown in court. 
Photos of this sweet baby boy wasted away and forgotten about. Dressed in camouflage pants, a t-shirt with a cartoon cow and the words, let's play. Even his clothes were desperately telling Harrison Cohen what this baby needed. Something that really bothered me about Harrison's certain testimonies. You can actually see her giggle. Like this whole thing is a fucking joke to her. But during her trial, Harris blamed drugs. Cohen hadn't used in the weeks before Sterling died, but Harris continued to use heavily. And also depression, anxiety and PTSD for why she neglected her child. This is despite Nala remaining healthy, fed and bathed. Harris openly admitting on the stand that she cared for Leo, the family dog, better than she cared for her newborn son. In both trials, the defence teams argued that murder was not a suitable charge, as there was no intention for Sterling to die. Harris's defence attorney even went as far as saying this case wasn't about murder. It was about the demons of drugs and mental illness. The jury did not agree. State of Iowa versus Zachary Kane, verdict form, count one, we the jury find the defendant guilty of murder in the first degree. Count two, we the jury find the defendant guilty of child endangerment causing the death of a child. Please rise. State of Iowa versus Cheyenne Harris, FECR 011490, we the jury find the defendant guilty of murder in the first degree. Zachary Cohen and Cheyenne Harris were both sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, of course, their defence teams appealed the sentences, but they were upheld. August 2020. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, Harris was interviewed for the BBC documentary Locked Up With Lifers, and I will provide links for this documentary in the show notes and in the Facebook group. It infuriates me, this interview. Harris plays the victim and states she was not responsible for her son's death. However, she does admit that she neglected her son and didn't care for him. That she couldn't remember how long she left Sterling without feeding and changing him, but it was most likely days. Harris complains about being bullied by inmates and that she's struggling to live her life behind bars. At least she gets to live, unlike Sterling. It is really hard to feel sorry for her. But she is well as me because she has no friends and does have suicidal thoughts. Outside of Harris... There is some really fascinating stories in the documentary from other female lifers, so it is definitely a worthwhile watch. I have thought a lot about how to close off this story. I can't tell you about what type of child Sterling was, because he never really got the chance to learn what he liked and what he didn't like. He didn't get to be a little boy obsessed with cars or trucks or fire engines. He didn't get to say his first words or learn to crawl or walk. He didn't get to develop a personality. Would he have been a shy, cautious child who clung to his loved one's side? Or would he have been loud and rambunctious, running around and playing in dirt? How someone can just allow a baby like Sterling to die is beyond my comprehension. Newborns are so easy to care for. A bottle, a cuddle, some love and change their diaper. Honestly, as a mother, newborns are incredibly low maintenance compared to the age my children are now heading into their teens. How Cohen and Harris, or any parent for that matter, could sit there and hear their baby cry out in pain and hunger and not do anything, there is a special place in hell for these people. They don't deserve freedom. 
They don't deserve to be released from prison. Do I believe Sterling died because of someone too high to care for him? Absolutely not. In my opinion, it's hard to argue that because Nala was well taken care of. Did it contribute? Very likely. But I believe it just got all too hard. Sterling may have been a lot of work with his diaper rashes. Nala was that much older and she could feed herself. Sterling got in the road of their drug use and their social life and it was easier to put him in the spare room, close the door and forget he existed. This story... I've done some horrid, horrid stories, but Sterling, he didn't get the chance to live. And what existence he did get was short and painful. That's all he knew, neglect and pain and suffering. There are so many families that would have loved to have fostered or adopted Sterling. If it was too hard, then why not give him up? That is something that I will never understand. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.